It, it may be the only football comment I make. It may be the only football comment I make. But how is everyone? Um, I'm going to get Grace to share what she's painting only because it, it, it falls in really quite miraculously with what I want to speak about today. Um, and we've not spoken during the week. God just happens to do stuff every once in a while and you sort of come away thinking, wow, God truly is alive. So you all get to see this before I get to see it. And I, this is weird, just Andrew doesn't know this. This took on its own life this morning. I tend to paint, um, paint you saw the baby last week, it's a bit tight, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And this went, and it's like God is actually saying, hey, what you're trying to talk about, it's not going to be contrived, and it's never going to be how you expect it to be. <laughs> and what it's all about is, Laurie had a dream this week, and he saw all these naked people. Anyway, the dream was... <laughs> thought I'd drop That's that That's great, Laurie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good on you. So, nobody's listening, so I thought, oh, well. Anyway, <laughs> so it's about spiritual covering, cover, covering, and it's about spiritual awareness. And this is a call to the church to activate your senses to go after that spiritual stuff. So... Seeing, and the eagle seeing, is one of the senses. You can smell it, you can taste it, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can sense it. But whatever it is, you need to go after it. And the, last week we had a, a word about young men seeing visions and old men dreaming dreams. I don't care what age you are, go after it. I don't care what gen- gender you are. Sorry, I didn't mean to get wound up. But that's the point. I think that's what God's saying. Go after, keep asking for visions. Ask for dreams. Ask for the spiritual stuff. There's something happening in the spirit. Yes! A little bit later, I think um, one of my main focuses for this morning might become clearer in relation to what Grace has painted. But for now, let's pray. Let's see what God wants to do amongst us and within us and from us today. Amen. So, Father, we just say, have your way. This is your house. We are your people. Lord, these hands and feet that we have are your hands and feet extended. And we say, have your way not only in the house but in our hearts. Have your way with us, Lord God, that you might be glorified. That those that we know in our circles of influence and life may come to discover what we've discovered. That you are a loving Father. That you love us so much that you sent your Son to die a horrific death on the cross that we might be brought back home to have and be in right relationship with you. Father, I pray today there would be a release of faith. God, Father, there there would be, Lord, an extra measure of grace given out and poured out today. Father, that we truly would be your hands and feet, your mouthpieces. Father, in a lost God and a dying world, that many, God, would come to know the saving grace of Jesus. And all these people said... Amen. Cool. I happened to notice something um, over the last few weeks that I have been struggling with to a degree, but noticed just the same. And some of you would know that, uh, I I really don't know how long ago it was now, maybe three or four weeks ago, um, I went to the Moore Conference uh, where Peter McHugh at Stairway Church with Bill Johnson and a couple of other people, and 
there was a particular night where a word of knowledge was given to pray for someone with a sore left knee that was injured in sport. And the voice inside my head said, hey, Andrew, that's you. You, need, you should put up your hand for that. And so I did, and as did a couple of others. And people came around and they prayed for my knee. And no kidding, while I was there at the conference, there was no pain in my knee. I kicked chairs to test it, like, <laughs> kick chairs. There was a, a friend of ours, um, you know them, Mark and Kaz from City West Church in Melton, they were sitting beside us. She even held her handbag, and you know what a woman's handbag's like. Like, it's really heavy. It's heavier than a football or a soccer ball. She even held that out so that I could kick that. She got so confident that when I went to kick it, she even threw it against my leg. Like, I was kicking stuff and there was no pain. For the entire conference, came back Sunday, spoke here at church, or someone spoke here at church, and there was no pain in my, in my knee. But as the week and weeks progressed, I would wake up some mornings and I would say to Mel, oh, my knee, it's a bit sore. And even before I mentioned it to her, I would feel it and I would lay hands on my knee and I would say, no, Lord, it's healed. I know it's healed. I've, I've felt no pain. Yeah. Now, the other week we were really blessed and fortunate because we, on the 9th and 10th of September, because we, we had Peter McHugh come and share with us. And he shared amongst our leaders on a Friday night and then he shared amongst a group of us, some not from our church, we're here on the Saturday. And from the moment that he arrived, when I went to pick him up just down the road and went out for dinner before we went to the Friday night, I had no pain in my knee. Like, just uncanny. It's like, you've got to be joking. We were sitting there at the dinner table and he's chatting and we're talking and I'm trying to avoid eye contact because he can be really intense and he gets really deep at times, you know. But underneath the table, I'm moving my leg thinking, there's no pain again, yeah? And so I have this realisation that there are atmospheres that are conducive for healing. There are atmospheres that we carry and can create that are really conducive for healing. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a church that's known for that part of God as well. Yeah, It's not about the signs and the wonders, but the Word tells us that signs and wonders will follow the preaching of the Word. I know it's not about our level of faith, it's, it's about God. So what is it within us that we can do that we can carry something within us that carries our healing. Now, I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced that. You know, you've, you've had prayer, you've been healed, for, so you know you've been healed, you've tested it, moved it, it's all been good, the hearing's back, and then a couple of days later, a week later, it's like, oh my, what's going on? That, that pain wasn't there then, you know? And, and we're like, we tested it, it was gone. So I want to have a look at that today. Because I want to be a church and I want us to be a family and a people that creates and carries an atmosphere for the supernatural. For the supernatural to be natural, really. Like, for it to be natural. Yeah? So it's not something that we, can it please? It's just something that's, it's just there. Who believes in healing? Seriously, who believes in healing? Now, I know there are some places that, that would teach that healing's not for today. Certainly, I would say that's the minority of churches around the world. But who believes 
that healing and the miraculous can happen today. Who believes that? Most, all of us, yeah? Now let's be honest. Let's be honest and transparent. Who's actually experienced what they believe on a daily basis? Like you believe it, but it's like, I'm not, my miracle hasn't come yet. Anyone ever been there? Like, my healing hasn't come yet. My miracle hasn't come yet. I believe it. And it's really cool that it's, it's worked for you. It's really, oh, I'm so stoked. But I just haven't experienced it yet. I have, and then I haven't. If I look at me, I did. It was good. Like, I, was, I kicked the woman's handbag. You don't understand. That should have broken a bone in my toe or something. <laughs> thankfully but then a few days later it comes back and then it goes and it comes back and it goes and it comes back I'm not doing anything different I'm not doing anything different I mean after the initial prayer the following week I was pain free I went and played indoor soccer I play indoor soccer whether I'm in pain or not in pain but I was not in pain it's kicking the ball having a ball and then you know a week later it's like wow there's a bit of a twinge no no you were healed you know you know, many of us believe the Bible. We do. Many of us believe the Word of God. You know, we believe it when it says in John 14, 12, don't we? I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do some of the works I have done and lesser works because I'm going to be with the Father. That's not what it says, is it? But we believe the Word because we believe it to be true and it says that we'll do the same works and even greater works, yeah? Now, we believe it. None of us discount it. We believe it. So what needs to shift or change for us not just to believe it, but to live in it? What about Matthew 17, 20? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would be moved. Nothing would be impossible. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing except for your left knee, except for your back, yeah? Except for the finance that you need to pay that, except that. There is no except in that. We believe it when it says in Philippians 4.13, 4, for I can do a couple of things through Christ who gives me a bit of strength. It says everything. We can do everything through Jesus who gives us strength. Everything. We believe that. We preach from that. We read it. We underline it. We highlight it. We take little you know, notes in our Bible. We take, and, and we write stuff to encourage ourselves as God speaks to us because we believe it. But how many of us experience it and live it daily, every day? I don't know about you, I'm really tired of my knee being perfect one day and not so good the next. And it's only been a month. I reckon I'm as tired and fed up with Nick and his back because it's been years. I'm tired of it. Like, we've got to carry and create an atmosphere where once and for all, when we do what the Bible tells us and lay hands, 
then Nick goes, come on, I'm healed. It's gone. It's fixed. It's about time. Yeah? I'm as hungry as Alan's hungry to get up out of the chair. Yeah? Like, we, I know his heart. He's content with who he is because of whose he is, but he knows that there's a healing coming. What needs to happen in us, through us, around us for that to happen today? Like, what, what do we need to change and to shift? You know, there's a quote, well, it's part of his book, but Randy Clark writes, in a section of his book, he writes, even after 24 years of ministry, healing had not yet become normative. So it was still not normal. After 24 years of him ministering, it had become much more frequent, he writes, after the first 14 years of ministry than it, it was before. But in the last 20 years, healing has become normative. Healing has become normal, he's writing, yeah? It was not that the will of God had changed. You've got to capture this. The problem was not his sovereignty. The problem was my theology and my expectancy. What was that word that Grace shared about seeing? What is it that we see? Yeah. What is it that God wants to open our eyes to? What is it that we see? What's our expectancy? What's our theology? See, healing in Jesus' day and for the early church, it was normal. It was normal. It was abnormal when stuff like that didn't happen. How the church has turned it upside down, yeah? Now it's abnormal when healing comes. It's like, wow, oh God, you're good. He was always good, healing or no healing. But the healing then just happened. Now it seems to happen in some places at some times and we don't really know how or why. I know that that part of God, yeah, is always going to be a mystery. It's the beauty of God. There's a bit of excitement there, stuff that we don't know, which is cool because God's bigger than we can ever imagine. So I, I want to suggest today there, there are some things that are actually in our power that we can, we can change and move and shift to create an atmosphere of healing that we carry and that we can cultivate for our house and for our community, yeah? So we've got to look at our theology first. We've got to get our theology straight. Our thinking has to be right. You know, I totally agree with Randy Clark in that point. And, and, and the first part is, is, and we've talked about it over the last couple of years, it's understanding who we are. And it's, we are ambassadors of God. Ambassadors of God. We're citizens of heaven. You know, when we pray that prayer on earth as it is in heaven... It's because that's where our citizenship lies. There's a reality to it. It's not just words on a piece of paper. It's not just a prayer that was taught so that you could recite it without any thinking about it. Yeah, There's a rea tangible reality in those words Yeah, on earth as it is in heaven. See, they are a declaration. They are a flat-out prophetic word. It's a declaration. They're words of knowledge that things can be, yeah? Here on earth, the same as they are in heaven for us, for sons and daughters of God, yeah? And the beauty is, if it's for us, the sons and daughters of God, it's for those that get close to us. 
Yeah? Because if we're living that, experiencing that, then anyone that we come into contact with in our family, friends, work, school, community, cafes, McDonald's, MCG, when the Bulldogs win the grand final, all of that, they would experience it too. You know, I taught what it meant to be an ambassador and I don't even know how long ago it was, but 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Now, if you have a look in the dictionary, Wikipedia if you like, ambassador means this. An ambassador is an official, official representative, especially a highest ranking diplomat who represents a state and is usually accredited to another sovereign state or to an international organisation as the resident representative, I know this is all confusing, of their own government or sovereign or appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment. <sighs> an ambassador is the ranking government representative stationed in a foreign capital. The host country allows the ambassador control of specific territory called an embassy whose territory, staff and vehicles are generally afforded diplomatic immunity in the host country. So let's break it down for us. That means you and I, we are the highest ranking diplomats, yeah, who represent heaven, our sovereign state, our home here on earth. You and I are the highest ranking diplomats because we are ambassadors. It's what the word tells us. Now, if that's the truth, see... The, we're the highest ranking because our citizenship comes from heaven and so we're ambassadors. It works exactly the same way. And because of who we are, where we're from and who we represent, you and I have diplomatic immunity. I just read that, that an ambassador, their staff, the territory, the embassy, the vehicles are generally afforded diplomatic immunity in the host country. So we are here on earth but we are God's ambassadors. So the stuff that happens around us, for those that are all about us, that doesn't affect us because we have diplomatic immunity. We play our diplomat card. We're an ambassador of Christ. You know what? My knee's not feeling good. I'm not taking that. Excuse me. I'm going to play my ambassador card. I'm an ambassador for Jesus. And in heaven, there is no sickness. In heaven, my knee's good. So I'm going to bring the governance and authority for the place that I'm a diplomat for. Yeah? And I'm going to bring it here to this place. And that's not going to touch me because I have diplomatic immunity. You and I are ambassadors. We've got to understand the authority in which we live. If we want to carry and cultivate an atmosphere for healing and the miraculous, etc., we have to know who we are and what's acceptable and unacceptable. My knee not being right is unacceptable when I know that it was made right. Yeah? Now, where you and I step, that's our embassy. See, as an ambassador, there's diplomatic immunity in their embassy. The laws of the land don't, don't, don't work inside that property. You and I, as his ambassadors, with him living within us, everywhere we step is our embassy. When I step into this space, this is the embassy. I have diplomatic immunity in this space. When I come here, this space 
now is my embassy. Where you're sitting right now is your embassy because you carry the fullness of the living God inside you as his, as his ambassadors. So everywhere that you go, you carry an embassy. You have to think of it like that. Everywhere you go, you have diplomatic immunity in that space. Yeah, You never, ever step out of your embassy. How can you? Oh, you and I are inside of the Godhead. Yeah? So as his ambassadors, wherever we go, we are still inside of the Godhead. So the embassy is wherever we're at. And wherever we're at, then we bring the governance of the place that we're a citizen of, happens to be heaven, to that place. And only the laws of that place abide. We need to know who we are if we're going to carry and cultivate an atmosphere for the miraculous, yeah? Is there sickness in heaven? Is there pain and heartache in heaven? No. So we're all agreed. The first thing we need to do to carry and cultivate an atmosphere like that is to believe who we are, to believe that he can, believe that we are his ambassadors and citizens, and then walk in our calling and destiny as ambassadors. And then no matter what you see or experience in the physical, you can't let it dictate or manipulate our theology around that. You cannot. My knee still hurts. You know what? It's still healed. I still have diplomatic immunity in the embassy. I'm still in the Godhead. I'm not going to allow that pain to dictate my theology. I will not. I will not. Because once it changes my theology, then it changes my perspective and then I'm not seeing what God wants me to see. Oh, come on, there's an anointing and it's not the scarf. We need to walk and talk in the authority we've been given and believe it daily in our minds and in our hearts. The next thing you and I need to do is we need to call out to God. And to call out to God, I mean to, to declare things as they are in heaven. You're an ambassador. Declare them as they are. My knee is healed in heaven. Father, I thank you for my healing. I thank you for making my knee right. I thank you for aligning the ligaments and the cartilage and the muscles. Lord God, I thank you. I cry out to you. I declare your goodness. Yeah? Even if it still hurts. Because it's a prophetic word over my own life. And I bring the governance of heaven to where I'm at, in my embassy, where the laws of the land, they have no play, no role where I'm at. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 1, 18, 20, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. 
When someone preaches, when you hear a word, when you're singing a song, whatever it is in your time of God, with God, and you go, Amen, what you're doing is you're saying, Yes, God, I declare that. I decree that. I claim that. Whether you feel it or not. And by saying Amen, by saying yes, you actually are glorifying the King of Kings in that. Because you're living the embassy life where everything around you is not that. But everywhere you step is embassy. Everywhere you step is diplomatic immunity. Everywhere you step, you bring the governance and the authority of heaven to earth. Amen? We speak out his promises. We need to use our voice like a weapon. Yeah? Like a weapon. Man, Alan, you're healed. We don't see it. We believe it. Nick, you're back. Man, it's driving me insane, but you're healed. We have to declare it. Even if we sound absolutely ridiculous, like, are you going to say it again? You've been saying it every week. Well, you know what? I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep declaring it until the Spirit of God says, hey, dude, that's enough. And if he says that, I figure he's about to do something. But until he says that, I want to be that woman that goes before the judge and go, hey, God, I'm declaring your goodness. I'm claiming your promise. Man, that back is healed because we've done what you've said. Now you need to do what you do. Go, God. We're living in our embassy with diplomatic community. We've got to understand that if we want to see signs, miracles and wonders today, or if you're happy with one happening every couple of weeks, reading about them in developing nations, if you're happy with that, wow, that's really cool for you, but I'm not happy with that. I want to be the place... The nation, the state, the suburb, the village, the church, the people are looking up on the internet to find out what God's doing. Why do people know churches like Hillsong or or Bethel? It's not because of their size. It's because God's doing stuff there. They've cultivated an atmosphere there where God moves and they're like, wow, what's happening over there? Wow, did you see that? There There was a glory cloud and there was gold dust and there was a healing and there was a dead man, you know? Why do you think Reinhard Bonnke's church goes from strength to strength? Do you think it's just people? It's because there's an atmosphere that's been cultivated that they carry and God moves and the miraculous and the healing, all of that stuff has become, as Randy Clark says, normative, has become normal. When we affirm and confirm through our voice and we say, yes, Lord, amen, God, we bring glory to him and it starts to create and cultivate an atmosphere. When we're singing that song, you don't give God your heart in pieces. When we start to say, Amen, God. No, you don't. You don't hide it to tease us. No, you don't, God. You give us... Like I could hear my wife, I could hear others saying, you give us all of yourself, God. And as we were declaring his goodness in that, as we were saying yes, yes, and amen, I don't know about anybody else, but I long and I love the experience and encounter that reminds me of God's love for me every time I experience it, every time I encounter it. So I come to church to give glory to him, but deep down inside, I'm like, God, I want another experience and encounter with you. Not because I want to know you're real, I know that you're real, but because I just want to bask in your love again. And while we sang that, there was a, little, there was a moment for me where... It, it's really hard to explain, but it's almost like a, there's a blow of wind and you, know, you get hundreds and thousands you know, ants walking all over you and I have little moments like that. And as that happened, I know that I know that I know and I said to the Lord, there it is. Thank you. That was the encounter I was waiting for. 
Thank you, because it shifts and changes and creates and cultivates an atmosphere for the miraculous to happen, amen? But what do we see? Second Corinthians 4.13 says, But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We speak it out. We speak it out. The problem with many of us in the church is we don't speak it out. What happens if I'm wrong? What happens if it doesn't happen? What will people think of me if I do? Amen. All those things cultivate an opposite atmosphere for what God wants to do. We believed in God, so we speak. Call it out. We are his sons and daughters. We are citizens of heaven. His ambassadors here on earth with diplomatic immunity on earth as it is in heaven. A friend of mine, Shane, I've shared the story here before. He's a, a missionary with his wife and children in, um, through Papua. They live in Bali at the moment. He had, um, what is it, type A diabetes where you've got to check three or four times a day. Um, type 1, I don't know what it's called. Anyway, so he had diabetes. We prayed for him. There was a group of us. We had uh, 24 hours of prayer. There was five of us. We got away. We prayed. Shane was one of those. We prayed for him. We prayed for his diabetes. We saw something come out of his mouth. He was entirely healed. Blood sugar normal. Absolutely normal. Went on for like two or three months. One day he rolls up and he's checking his blood. This is at church on a Sunday morning. Shane, what are you doing? He says, I'm checking my blood levels. I go, why are you doing that? He goes, well, I went for the, to the doctors for my normal checkup and told them how I'd been healed. And he said, no, no, it's just, obviously it's just in remission. You want to keep checking. So Shane would check three times a day. And three times a day, his blood level was normal. It was about two weeks later, God gave me a word. I went back to Shane. I said, Shane, don't do it. He said, don't do what? I said, stop checking. God said to me, if you keep checking, your healing's gone. You, you, it's going to be gone. Lo and behold, Shane's now in Bali and every once in a while he comes back to visit his family and parents and he has to get medication to bring back, to, bring back home. But seriously, he was absolutely free, clean, healed, I reckon in the vicinity of six plus months. You know, it was probably like a year, you reckon, Mel? Maybe Mel reckons it was even a year, so my timing's completely out. There you go. But he was completely healed. He, we, we spoke it out, we believed it, but then he started to speak out something different. And he created a different atmosphere. That's why it says in Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Why do we call out to him? Why do we speak what we believe? Because it's made clear in the message version of that verse. Proverbs 18.21, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, you choose. Are you healed or not healed? I'm healed. I don't... Feel it, it's painful, but I got, a, I got a word of knowledge. I had hands laid on me. I'm going to believe in that healing. I'm going to walk in that healing. It sounds so difficult because I've got pain in my body, but my spiritual man says you're healed. So who's going to have authority? If we want to carry and cultivate an atmosphere where the extraordinary becomes ordinary, then we need to walk in our true identity and we need to be able to speak it out as we see it and believe it. We need to believe who we are because of whose we are. And I mean really believe. And if we believe it, we'll speak it out. See, it's Papa that does the healing. It's Papa that performs the miracles. Our role is to believe. Yeah? 
And in believing, we cultivate an atmosphere where anything is possible. Better still, where nothing is impossible. Yeah? Now watch this. When we hear a word of knowledge, when we hear a prophetic word, it lifts our faith level. Yeah? Why do we share testimonies? Is it just so we can clap hands? Is it so that we can give someone a pat on the back? Is that why we get people to share their testimony? No. Because as we hear what's happened in their life, as they share a word of knowledge that has happened for them, it increases, it strengthens our own faith. It creates a new level of faith within us. That's why we need to speak it out. That's why we need to declare it, because it increases our faith level. It helps us to believe. All of a sudden, after you hear someone, you think, you know what? It's possible. Actually, I, th- I think it's possible for me. Yeah? When someone says, I don't hear God, I just don't hear God, and then one day they get up and go, look, I never used to, I, I never thought I, I heard God, and then I sat with someone and they said to do this, and so I just sat there, and then I just knew, and I heard God say this. If you're one of those people that says, I've never heard God, all of a sudden it's like, if it happened for them, it can happen for me. Obviously, I'm better than they are. No, no, you don't do that. I know. But it, it just bring, it, it lifts our faith. It strengthens our faith. It brings a reality. Because what happens is it starts, starts us. It starts, we begin to move away from our head and we, we actually allow God to move into our hearts and we open our hearts and we let our hearts get involved. Because it's not possible, but I'm hearing it is possible. It's not possible, but I'm hearing it's not, it is, it's not, it is. All of a sudden it's in our heart, it is. Oh yes, God, please me. I declare God, I grab hold of yes and amen. We need to strengthen our faith so we have to walk in it, talk it, declare it, prophesy it, be in it. We can carry and cultivate an atmosphere for healing where my stupid knee would be good all the time. Because God's good all the time, isn't he? It's really simple to increase our faith. Luke 17, 6 says, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. That whole verse was about being questioned. It was, was questioning about their faith. How much faith do we need you know, for this stuff to happen? And here, Jesus mentions the mustard seed after being asked about an increase of faith. And what he's actually doing, he actually deflects attention away. You know those people where you ask them a question, they give you an answer, and you walk away thinking, they didn't answer my question. Yeah? This is what Jesus did. They were asking him about an increase of faith, and he talks about a mulberry tree. He, what, he goes, oh, increase of faith. Look at this tree over here. Yeah? He deflects their attention. And he moves it away from how much faith do I need to, hold on, you've missed the point. It's not how much faith you need, you just need to have the object of your faith right. Yeah? See, it doesn't depend on how much faith we've got, but on his power. It's him. It's nothing to do with us. How many people have been healed and have had no faith? Yeah? It's not about us and our faith, it's about him and his power and his wisdom. And if we know that, truly know that, we stop worrying about, have I got the faith? If I pray for Alan, have I got the faith for him to be healed? You know what? It's got nothing to do with my faith. Nothing. 
Instead, I should be inspired and, and be able to trust in God's power. You know what, God? You've got all the power that you need to heal him. You've got all the power that you need to make Nick's back right. You've got all the power that you need to fix my knee permanently. So I'm going to trust in that. Amen? Then we start to cultivate and carry, creating an atmosphere. Can God heal? Yes. Can he do miracles? Yes. Can he do more than you and I can possibly imagine? Even those of you that are so creative, you're so creative that you make my creative thoughts look like a stone that just sits and, 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 gathers, and, and gathers moss and does nothing. You're so creative. And you know what? God's bigger than that. If we can just keep answering yes, if we can keep saying amen to his promises, we start to carry and cultivate an atmosphere for the supernatural to be natural. And at the end of the day, I want to live with my knee right. I want to walk in, be in and live in an atmosphere that people just come in and during the worship, God starts to do stuff in their hearts. He starts to do stuff in their bodies. Yeah? You meet someone, you shake their hand. As you shake their hand, they go, man, what was that? Oh, that was a trick, didn't you see what I had? It was God. God just touched you. How could that be? I'm his ambassador. I'm just here to bring the governance and the authority of heaven everywhere I go. I've never experienced that before, really. Step into my embassy. <laughs> You're going to enjoy the ride, yeah? It starts with us seeing God as he sees us, his ambassadors. It starts by us declaring and decreeing and speaking out the yes and amen of God's promises for us. It starts by strengthening our faith and having our faith strengthened so that we truly believe Daddy can do all things. Amen? And I love the picture because for me what that picture, what that picture says and what... What Grace shared was, what do you see? What, God wants to open up our eyes. He wants to show us what he sees. Our eyes have to be open. Our hearts have to be open. We need to have expectation. Yeah? We need to have expectation that Papa can. We need to be expecting that when we pray for someone or have someone praying for us, that Daddy will do the miraculous. It's not a, you must, God. It's not that sort of an expectation. But it's an expectation that says, God, you can. I expect you will because you are good. Not, God, you might because though you're good, you don't like me and so you won't. That's not how he works, yeah? He's good all the time. So we come before him with expectation. And that's not dependent on what you and I see. It's not dependent on what we feel. It's just an expectation that births and activates faith. See, God will sovereignly deal with each of us individually. God is God, yeah? He knows what's going to draw you closer to Him. He knows what's going to draw me closer to Him. That's why when pain, tragedy, tragedy, illness, loss, all of that stuff comes against us, all we have to do is place our focus on Papa. All we have to do is to believe in Him. Not the miracle, in Him. Yeah? Our part's to pray. His part's to heal His way in His time. We just have to know that He can. 
We just have to walk in our true identity. We need to declare it and to speak it as He promises it. Luke 8, 43. Luke chapter 8, verse 43. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Most of us who have been a Christian for five minutes know this story, yeah? Question. How... Was the woman with the issue of blood able to create an atmosphere for her healing even when Jesus didn't say anything to her about her, call her out, lay hands on her? How was she able to create an atmosphere where she was healed? How was she able in the midst of the crowd to create an atmosphere that got for her the healing that she'd sought after for years? I would suggest that many of you would say it was her faith. It's her faith. I agree with you. It it was her faith. But I also think it's more than that. Do you think that in that crowd she was the only one who had faith? Do you really think in the throngs of the people that were around Jesus, including his disciples, do you really think that she was the only one who had faith? I want to suggest this morning that it was her expectation that made the difference. She went into the crowd expecting to be healed. If I can just get close to his garment, if I could just get, if I could even just, if I could just lay hands, just, just touch him, I know, I know, I know I'll be healed. She had an expectation. That expectation activated faith and she moved in her expectation. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment and faith was released and she was healed in amongst throngs of people who had faith themselves. Man, if we want to cultivate and carry an atmosphere for healing, for us, for others, we need to have an expectation that sees what God sees. What an awesome painting. That one needs to go up, I think, just over there. Um, That's me professing expectation, activating faith. (laughs) Grace is saying we'll talk later. We need to understand how faith works. See, expectation is the manifestation of faith that we confess and vice versa. Think of it like this. You see it in conferences. When you go to a conference, there's an expectation. You walk into a building. Particularly, if you've ever been to like a youth Planet Shakers conference, you walk in, the atmosphere is electric. There's something happening. You actually expect something is going to happen. You, You can feel it. The expectation. It's tangible. It's like when you go to a great football game and not talking about the Bulldogs, but the atmosphere, there's an expectation amongst the supporters that their team's going to win. And it creates this, this, this thing in the air that you can just feel. See, when expectation's high, the atmosphere becomes charged with the power to bring about breakthrough. When the atmosphere is charged up with power of expectation, there's released into the atmosphere the power of anointing so powerful the miracles just happen. I was just, they were worshipping and I was just healed in my seat. 
I don't know, just as he was speaking, I felt something shift and like a burden was lifted. It's because it's in the atmosphere, because there's an expectation. So when you and I come to church on a Sunday, what do we expect? What do we really and truly expect? What's our expectation? My expectation is to give glory to God. My expectation is for an experience and encounter. My expectation is that our faith will go through the roof. That people will discover a loving God, discover who they are and walk out in authority. I come with expectation. Every week, believe it or not, even when I'm sick, even when my kids have driven me insane, even when my wife's been so good and I've been so bad, even in those moments, I still come to church when I don't feel like it. But I come with an expectation because I'm an ambassador. I know what I carry. And so I come longing and looking forward to what God's going to do. Amen. Mark 11:24 Therefore I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer believe that you have received it and will be yours What's it saying What's it saying In other words when you pray expect to receive what you've prayed for Expect to receive what you pray for Because if you're praying and you're not expecting an answer, and, and I'm not talking about an expectation that demands, you're just expecting, if you're not expecting an answer, then you have no faith. But if you pray and you're expecting an answer, you automatically, you're working and living and breathing in your faith. They're linked like this. No expectation, no faith. No faith, no expectation. But when you have expectation, there is faith. Your expectation activates faith and that creates the atmosphere for the supernatural. See, the things we're expecting are what we've chosen to focus on. What do we see? What is it that God wants to release? What is it that he's doing in the house? What's he doing in your home? What's he doing in your life? What do you see? God asks us to come to him with expectation and anticipation. What's it say in John 5.16? When Jesus saw him lying there and, and learned that he had been in his condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? That's not a question of faith. Do you understand that? It's not a question of faith. Do you want to get well? It's a question of expectation. Yes, I want to get well. Well, you know what? Here it comes. I'm going to make you well. Oh my goodness, I believe in the person that just healed me. You choose. Each day we get to choose our attitude. What do we expect? To carry and cultivate an atmosphere for healing, we need to raise our expectation. Too many people don't like to raise their expectations because they don't want to be disappointed. but our faith level rises to the level of our expectation. Who longs to carry and cultivate and live in an atmosphere that is conducive to healing and miracles? Seriously. I think we can all say yes, but I think it just needs to start with our theology, with what we're declaring, with what we're seeing, yeah? We need to shift things so that the Western church isn't always following behind the churches from developing nations. Yeah? It's the same God, same Jesus, same faith, same teaching. Maybe their expectations are different. Yeah? 
Maybe they don't have all the niceties and worldly luxuries that we have. So their expectations are, um, are far different to ours. And so God moves in extraordinary ways. It's time for us to walk as ambassadors. It's time for us to call out. It's time for us to declare. It's time for us to strengthen. It's time for us to fill our hearts with expectation. You know, it was expectation that drove Zacchaeus to climb up a tree. Did you know that? He just wanted to see Jesus and he expected if he could get up a tree, he could see Jesus and he expected if he could get to a good vantage point, Jesus would see him and you know what? Jesus saw him. It wasn't faith that put him in the tree, yeah? What about the friends of the paralytic man? They couldn't get into the house because it was packed. So what do they do? They, they lower him through the roof. You know, they climb up and they lower him on a mat through the roof. So they had an expectation that if they could just get their paralytic friend to Jesus, he would be healed. And he was healed. Speaks nothing of the paralytic man and his faith, does it? What about the story of the blind man who found out that Jesus was passing by so he wouldn't shut up? He just wanted to get Jesus' attention. So he had an expectation that if I just yell loud enough, Jesus, that he's going to stop and come to me. And if he stops and comes to me, I reckon I'm going to be healed. So his expectation yells out. Jesus hears him, comes, touches him, job done, healed. Because he created an atmosphere that was conducive for the miraculous, amen? See, their expectation activated faith and it created an atmosphere where the miraculous could happen. We need to do that all the time. Why don't we stand? I'm going to get Laurie to play a video as we close. Because I want to show you what expectation can do. I want us to live in a place where when we come away from a Sunday, if there hasn't been something miraculous... I'm not saying we go away unhappy and upset. It's not about that. But I, I just want it to be in our vocabulary where it's like, wow, did you know so-and-so got healed today? And we go, oh, really? Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I think there was four of those. It's like that time when Eli had his, his foot healed and then within like half an hour, two or three other people had their, 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 their feet healed. It was just so normal. It was normal to see the person grab the mic and go, guess what, I've got arches. It was normal. This is what expectation can make normal. I mean, watch this. Whoever, one ear, quick, come here. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Actually, let me just Quickly. jump in there, pause for a minute. Actually, uh, my understanding is the, uh, the gentleman who's speaking, the darker gentleman, not his um, interpreter, um, because I think they're in France, he's speaking in Hoppers Crossing uh, at a conference coming up with a pastor that I know. Having said that, he gets a word of knowledge. His word of knowledge is that there's someone in the crowd that is deaf, completely deaf, in one ear. And so he starts to speak that out, yeah? Thanks, Laurie. Come up here, right now. Deaf in one ear, one ear. Uh, they can hear what I'm saying in one ear, but uh, they cannot hear from the other ear. One ear, une oreille. If God can heal one, He can heal si two. Don't Dieu worry about it. Stop there for a minute. One. 
If God can heal one here, he can heal two. Why? What's happening? He goes, there's one person here that's deaf in one ear. One, more than one person's coming up. So his expectation already, it's faith and expectation working hand in hand. You know what? God told me about one, but if God can heal one, I expect he can heal another. Yeah? Expectation. Keep going. Ear, une oreille. Both ears. Both. God will do that too. Mais Dieu va le faire aussi pour lui. Amen. Not a big deal. C'est pas un gros travail pour lui. I mentioned one ear, but you can stand right here too. Tu peux rester là, mais j'avais mentionné. Somebody here. Mais il y a quelqu'un. Death in one ear. Qui est sourd que d'une oreille. Ah, this one. Come up here. Don't worry, you you're completely deaf. Come up here. Oui, il faut les faire. You come up here too. Come up. If God can open one, He can open two. Let's jump to the next part. So he's already expressing his faith. He's already expressing to the congregation. He's saying, I've got expectation. God's given me a word of knowledge for one, but there's others. I know that he can do that too. No problem. I expect that when I pray, God will do that. Yeah? Thanks, Laurie. Just come close. Come, come over here. Come over here. Now, listen. How long has it been death? Ça fait combien de temps que tu es sourd? Plusieurs années. Je ne sais pas quand ça a commencé. I don't know when, when, when it started exactly. A few years. A few years ago. How many of you believe that God can open that? Est-ce que vous croyez que Dieu peut faire quelque chose? Il n'y a que lui qui peut faire quelque chose parce que médicalement rien n'est possible. Only him can do something because uh, on, medically cannot... there is no possibility. The things impossible with people are possible with God. Expectation right there. Toutes les choses qui sont pas possibles pour les gens sont possibles pour Dieu. Now you see some people are, are trying. Oh God, please do it, do it, do it. When he says that, he goes, there are some people that are saying, oh, please God, do it, do it, do it, please God. You know, we go into our church services, we go into conferences, we go to meetings, and we see people being prayed for, and within us we're going, oh, please God, do it, do it, do it. Do it for them, God, do it, do it. And he's saying, don't do that. Don't come, come along with this wishy-washy hope. Come with an expectation that God's going to do it. So when someone's being prayed, you're, you're actually saying when they're being prayed for, yes, Yes and amen. It's not a please, 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 God, God, God. It's a yes. Yes, it's a declaration. It's bringing glory to his name. Amen. Keep going, Loz. God is big. That's right. Je... God is big. He's our focus. God is big. Dieu est grand. How many of you understand that? Qui... Combien comprennent cela? It's either the book is true ou bien ce livre est vrai ou c'est un tissu de mensonge I know the truth. je connais la vérité Come here, This is easy. c'est facile Stretch your hands towards her. alors étendez vos mains vers elle And smile when you do that. et souriez lorsque vous le faites we change all the long faces here <laughs> You deaf spirit, esprit de surdité. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, de Jésus de Nazareth, lose her now. Tu la quittes maintenant. Every damage to the nerve, et toutes les, les dommages qui ont eu lieu sur le, les nerfs, be healed. Sois guéri maintenant. Let's clap our hands and give God praise. It's done. Alors applaudissons le Seigneur et louons le pour ça. Hallelujah. It's easy. We'll test her now. I'm going to test the ear. 
Je vais faire le test maintenant. Repeat what I say. Et de répéter ce que tu vas, je vais dire. Close this one tight. Alors tu vas fermer cette oreille maintenant avec ton doigt, voilà. Alléluia. Amen. Alléluia. Alléluia. That's wonderful. <laughs> Tell your neighbor it's easy. Dites à votre voisin, c'est facile. Because it's not about us. It's never about Now us. that takes the pressure off. <laughs> Let me show you how good it is. Voyez combien c'est bon. Close this tight again. And Alors repeat what I said. Tu vas encore uh, boucher cette oreille droite. Et tu vas répéter. Alléluia. Alléluia. Amen. Alléluia. One, two, three. Alléluia. Amen. Amen. Alléluia. Amen. It's time for my need to be made right all the time. It's time for Nick's back to be right. It's time for Judy to be healed. It's time for Alan to be completely restored. It's time. It's time for us to carry and cultivate. Yeah, thanks, Georgia. It's time for us to carry and cultivate an atmosphere that's conducive for the supernatural to be natural. It's time for us to carry and cultivate an atmosphere where the extraordinary becomes so ordinary because of his marvelous presence, because he's good. It's all about him. We just create the platform for him to work, yeah, and to show off. Like a lovely football park, it's all about the green. It's all about the groundsman. The game happens later. That's the spectacle, but someone put in the work. God wants us to work, walk and talk in our true identity as ambassadors, pulling down the authority and the governance of heaven here. He wants us to declare His promises, yes and amen. He doesn't want us to have a wishy-washy, oh, please God, do it for them. He wants us to have a yes and amen faith that's been strengthened, that's strong. And He wants us to see like He sees. He wants us to have an expectation that, hey, God, you can. God, you will. Regardless of what happens, and I feel, you have, you are, you do. Yeah? There's the difference. So why don't we lay hands on each other right now, wherever you're standing, wherever you're sitting. And let's pray for one another. If the person next to you, if you've got an ailment, I just want you to tell the person that's got his hands on you. If it's a back, if it's a mind, if it's a thought, if it's... Whatever it is, obviously some are obvious because I've mentioned them, but for others, if there's something, let's pray for them. Let's believe, start praying. Pray the prayer of faith. Pray the prayer of agreeance where two or three are gathered, where any two touch on any one thing. You pray it. You have the fullness of God inside of you. What do you see when you pray for that person? What is it that you're expecting? What is your expectation for them right now? Regardless of what happens, what do you see? Create and cultivate an atmosphere where that healing will happen. 
Father, right now, Lord, we pray a blessing upon each and every person, God. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would flow in such power and such might. Lord God, we know it's not about our faith. It's not about those of us that are praying. God, it's not even about the faith of the person being prayed for. Lord, it's all about you. It's how big you are. It's your power. It's your strength. It's your wisdom. Father, we declare your goodness. We declare your greatness. Father, we say yes and amen to your promises that where we lay hands, you will heal. Yes and amen, we we lay hands, you will heal. Lord, begin to create an atmosphere, not just in our house, but Lord, in our house, our temple, that wherever we walk, where we take our embassy, Lord God, there would be an atmosphere around us that's conducive for the miraculous, that signs and miracles and wonders will follow us wherever we go. That, Father, your sons and daughters will be known, Lord God. That people will discover the loving Father through each and every one of us. Not just the words that we speak, but the atmosphere that we carry. If anyone's having specific prayer, if there's a change in your condition, I just ask that you raise your hand or come forward. It might be the same. Okay. But if there's a shift and if there's a change, I just ask that you raise your hand so we can share it. Let's continue to believe regardless of what we experience. Let's not change our theology, yeah? <laughs> Father, we want to claim every prayer. Lord, we're believing for Nick's back. Lord, I'm picking on people because I know of their circumstance. Lord, but we're believing. We're believing. We're believing. Father, we see Nick walking upright. We see him laying, Lord, completely flat, no pain. We see him bending and working. Father, after a full day, Lord, of exhaustive hard work, Lord, Without an ounce of pain, Father, we're believing that you're restoring and you're making right, that you're allowing discs and muscles and and ligaments and you're doing what you need to do. Father, we're believing for Alan. Lord, we pray for a faith, God, that gift of faith that would move mountains. Lord, that gift of faith that is in you, Father, we believe, Lord, that he will stand. We believe in the prayer of the righteous. God, we believe in the laying of hands. God, we believe in you, our big God. Father, we believe for what you're doing in our house at Mount Clear. We believe for the roof that you're going to lift. We believe, God, for the faith levels that you're strengthening. Father, we believe for the faith that you're increasing. Father, we believe for what we're seeing. We believe the expectations are going to be so through the roof that in our conversations, people will think that we're spiritual nutters. But in fact, all we are is your ambassadors speaking as citizens of heaven, declaring your yes and amen promises. Lord, showing people what it is that you see. Father, we won't be a church that just does church or a people that just comes along to high five each other but we're going to be a people that will go from glory to glory and strength to strength being your hands and your feet extended not just in the physical but in the spiritual father we declare 
God, and claim and decree this prayer for your people. Father, those that are here and those that are not here, God, Lord, it's for each and every one that calls Mount Clear Church of Christ home. Lord, it's for each and every person that calls Mount Clear Church of Christ family. Together we are community. Together we are in unity. Where there is unity, God, you command your blessing. And Lord, we place your seal and your stamp upon this day. We thank you for all that you're doing right now. God, we're longing to hear the news of what you have done as the seconds move to minutes and the minutes moments and those moments become days. Father, I pray that we will see an improvement in backs, an improvement in thinking, Lord God. Father, those that suffer with anxiety and depression will find that as as those moments pass, God, that goodness has come, Father, that as those moments pass, Lord, there'll be an encouragement inside of them that all negativity has gone away. Father, we trust in you, our big, big God. Lord, we speak against any frivolous faith, any, oh, please, Lord, let it happen for them, Father. We speak against that. We ask you, God, to push that aside and to build within us a faith that is fortified and strong, that will stand on the promises of God. We thank you for each and every person here. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We love you. We bless you. And everybody in the house said, Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. I want you to share if there's a shift in anything in your body.